What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? Luke Rizwalker. Oh, I guess the M and F are silent, huh? Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. And? Hi, also, everyone. It's me, Avery. Consistent, as always. Yep. And we have a special guest, Liam Brown. But we'll get to him very soon. Press X to start Gamers Digest is a video podcast that contains the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. Today, as I said, we have a special guest, Liam Brown, Corporate Partnership Manager of Knights Esports Group. You'll find out about that very soon. And we're going to be talking about the journey from gaming fan to esports executive. Before we get into that, though, don't forget you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hit the notification bell. If you are listening, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want to join our conversation, like Liam did, that was fun, uh, you can join our Discord by going to pressx2start.com slash Discord. With that out the way, let us jump into the topic of the show. Liam himself, how are you doing? Doing great today, guys. Uh, Really happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, uh, for the people who don't know, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Yeah, so as you guys mentioned, I'm the Corporate Partnerships Manager over at the Knights Esports Group. A little bit about me, my entrance into the space is a little bit unorthodox. I wasn't a former content creator. I wasn't a former professional player. I came into this space from a relationship building and technology standpoint. And I found the Knights as not only a company that was based locally to me, I went to the University of Pittsburgh and was looking for, you know, post-graduation, I was looking for an industry that captivated me as well as a company that was a really good start for me and a really good fit for me. And the Knights, with the way they position themselves, transcending just competitive uh, presence and acting as a leader in the space, as well as a tech developer in the space that bridges the gap between the amateur player at home going into their pro life or they just want to be more active in the space. It was very logical for me to join onto the team. So I went after them and we can get more into it, but I did a lot of internal networking with the current president and uh, CEO of the Knights, James O'Connor, and found out a lot more about the team like oh they're based in the same offices as Steelers and mm-hmm. I you know I, I had to finesse my way into the Steelers offices and just say hey you know I, I filled a packet with my resume cover letter a white paper I had written found out he was a family man I had a bunch of uh, University of Pittsburgh branded like face mask I was like look let's let's talk <laughs> I'm very open I love this space awesome. and uh, we we sat down and we had a really long discussion and that was kind of my entrance into the Knights uh, as mm-hmm. a whole so that gives a little bit of background about how I started uh, with the Knights but and how long have you been with them I've been with them around two or three years now Okay. You know, I've I've been on the forefront of a lot of really interesting projects and been able to help out and meet a lot of really cool people in the traditional sports space, the rap and fashion space, as well as you mm-hmm. know the esports uh, and gaming space currently. So, awesome. um, yeah. love to dive in. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so you were uh, before I interrupted. You were talking about uh, video games. Yeah. So I uh, <laughs> you talk about games. <laughs> we right? got games here. Yeah. So I have. Uh, started playing video games in 
fourth grade and I would play Madden and Tekken with my dad. And then I, and then yeah, exactly. And then I would play Nintendo DS at school with my friends in the beginning in the Wait, end wait, classes. wait, let's roll that back. Were you one of those trash Eddie Gordo people just spinning around the place <laughs> smashing buttons? No, I was not. <laughs> I, was like, I very carefully was choosing my plans like before games. I didn't know what they meant, but right. I was just like I was like I was like those lines, they look cool. I'm going to I'm going right. to do that thing, right? So, um so then I would play Nintendo DS with my friends beginning of class in between classes mm. at recess and then that went into a lot more um Super Smash Brothers and then single player mm. campaign games. My Wait, wait, wait. What's your favorite Smash Brothers? So, uh my first was really Super Smash Brothers Brawl and I okay. First, I would spam Meta Knight just because he's such a he was such a broken character at that point in time. Yeah, and yeah. so was Pit. So I would choose them. But then I found <laughs> that I really liked Link's grappling moves mm. because he utilized a chain, right? So yes, it yeah. was really easy to string combos together when I was when I was there. And then um, my favorite map to play on was probably like the Super Mario Kart, where it's just a bunch of shy guys like racing around, but you yeah, constantly have to okay. change levels. Like uh, yeah. to be like on the upper level or the lower level, so that was a lot of fun. And then the, the, the important question, though, the important question: Oh boy, do you play with or without items? Oh, as many items as possible. Oh, that's my guy. <laughs> that's my guy right there. <laughs> so there's two ways to play it. Before you start the match, you either set all the items to consistently drop into the match on a higher setting, so you're just constantly mm-hmm. getting stuff, or it's just super smash balls and pokeballs and summons. So those oh, okay, are just, okay. so there's two different ways to play, and those are the yeah, only you, two ways to play. By the you way. would fit in with with the people here, although I like <laughs> to play with no items, so it's just a matter of yeah. skill. I'm not good at throwing hands, but boy, I could <laughs> pop you in the head with some items. I'm gonna throw this banana, and then I'm gonna get, you know, and then I'm gonna get the the fire fruit or the, the yeah. <laughs> you can show I'm showing I'm dating myself with One Piece no, reference there. Hey, so. hey, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm watching One Piece Sean, right now. Yeah, Sean's watching One Piece. Yeah, it's um that I mean, hey, if we're if we're on this whole culture discussion of just like mm-hmm. what got us in the space, you know. One Piece and Naruto and Bleach and mm. Black Cat were my first animes that I really stuck with. Yeah. Black Cat, I don't. Yeah, I'm Black Cat. No, Black Cat is an OG Adult Swim one, and that was like, uh, yeah. Okay. So that was like my first that I, saw. I was just like, man, this cartoon at 9 p.m. is cool. Their guns look way more realistic. Right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, that's really interesting. His his hair is uh, really tall, and, and yeah, the, right. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so I was a, I was a gamer, uh, you know, and then going into middle school and high school is where I found a lot more uh, solo campaign type games where mm-hmm. I was able to kind of immerse myself in the experience. So uh, with Skyrim, Force Unleashed, some of the ghost, so a little bit of Ghost Recon here and there, mm-hmm. and then going into college and university, uh, just balancing classes and stuff like that. It was a little bit more difficult, and I yeah. found I found myself en- enjoying more. Uh, for the Far Cry games, and then playing uh Mario <laughs> Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers again, uh, yeah. like it, but revisiting newer versions of the game since yeah. you know okay. it, it had been years since <clears throat> I played. So, um, right. you know, currently I'm I'm really finding myself either revisiting classics or scrolling through X the Xbox Store trying to find something that's like 
worth investing my time in because it's just like because I, I, I was recently playing through vanquish i don't know if you guys remember that oh but yeah. that was familiar. that game yeah. was first off if you're looking at creative ways to fundraise vanquish was basically a way for that studio to raise money for the other metal gear games that they were creating so uh, vanquish was a futuristic sci-fi shooter where you take the role of this person who it's it's like the Space Russians versus the Russians and the United States and DARPA. Yeah, uh, it was. Is that the game that was bundled with uh, Bayonetta or something? Some yeah, yeah, both, yeah, yeah. It's the same studio. Games. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved the acrobatic essence of the game just because you're able to jump, you're able to mix melee. The only problem is that melee completely destroys your stamina in the game. It overloads uh, oh. the characters like exosuit processor. But it was it's just a fun game. I, I remember because I beat the game in like two days and then I went right back mm-hmm. in and kept playing the game because I, I remember because I was like I was working and I sent my last email and I had my end of day meeting on a Thursday. And then I went right over and I just started playing. Like, playing right next to, right next to, and I, I got out of the chair. Which is, yeah. <laughs> I got out of this chair because my, 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 I don't know if you can see, but this is the, the TV that I usually play video games on. Okay. And I was yeah. just like, I gotta, I gotta at least move two feet away, <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's dives in a little bit into, um, kind of my experience with, with mm-hmm. gaming. And then as far as multiplayer games go, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic was a really, really good soft intro for me going in yeah. because uh you know I, I didn't have too much experience with xbox live and um just because i was always kind of careful of trying to like talk to strangers like and that sounds weird now no but, it, uh, it's yeah i mean that was the general rule back in the 90s it, i don't exactly. know how we got yeah, away now, from that now it's like yeah. oh you're some random stranger on facebook marketplace giving away free stuff <laughs> yeah, i'm right. there i'll be right over. to meet <laughs> i have the money yeah <laughs> and i was just like i was like that couch looks mighty fine and it's how much like and i'll just go <laughs> right. to your house like right. oh god where is it upstairs in your room oh sure take me there <laughs> it's like oh t- i'll go there alone <laughs> right <laughs> um, yeah no like we all we all grew up in in a pretty much the same generation of like awesome. yeah you don't talk to strangers and then you know internet gaming happens and you're just like i'm just gonna leave my mic off unless but like yeah call of duty <laughs> yeah anybody got a mic it's just like um, <laughs> what what games are you playing right now yeah so right now i'm revisiting i actually have i'm revisiting uh star wars of force unleashed and then mm. i'm going back because i never got the chance to play saints row so I'm going back into Saints Row. What? Yeah, I never. Oh got, man, I didn't get the chance because one, it's like rated M, and two, when you yeah. ha- when you like mm-hmm. when this game came out. Oh, you like, had responsible parents. Exactly, my yeah. parents were still making a lot of those like <laughs> purchasing decisions, right? So I'm just yeah, like, I'm like, you know, it's just it's just gangsters and suits, guys. It's fine, but right, then like yeah. they look at the trailer and it's just like you can increase the size of your different body parts in like really right. crazy ways, like <laughs> and, you know. Um, yeah, and, I think that was the one you could run around with a giant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, giant sword, like, right? Right, sword. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm getting into those, and then I I'm going to be pre-ordering Shadows of Rubicon, and then I Good might man. pull I might pull the trigger and just check out the new Star Wars game. 
I might, I might do it, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm very divisive you. about this, as you can tell. We were chatting. Computer games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing: because this guy right here does it at eleven fifty nine. What? The oh, pre-ordering <laughs> game. The first, <laughs> listen, the first game I ever pre-ordered. What is it? It's right here. It's, it was the Far Cry Five. And you got oh. all the, you got like the DLCs with like aliens. Now the cool part is like all the DLCs from the separate campaigns, like the what was it the the alien campaign? You could use it in game too, which I didn't. Mm. Uh, so you're basically fighting against these rebel, the these I don't know evangelical religious rebels with alien weapons, and you're just vaporizing them. So yeah. so the, in in that case, like the getting the DLC and pre-ordering the game was like very beneficial. But right. if, if I so here's the thing that was I think three months in advance uh, for like when the game was about oh. to drop, and then yeah. the next one I pre-ordered for was the what what was the game? I can't remember. It, but um, I usually will do it a few months in advance. Never when the first trailer drops. Never. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. When, yeah. The, when the bull shot launches. Yeah. I like to. I like to wait until about five minutes before the game releases. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the, not even like Doom. It's not even. Yeah, it's not even he's making a moral like stance on pre-ordering. Like, I don't pre-order games. I don't want to re- reward the industry for all their bullshit. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna do it five minutes beforehand. I feel yeah, like he does it just to get my goat. <laughs> I'm gonna spite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at this point, you don't get a discount if you do it like right before. No, you right? don't. Okay, it's, it's cool. purely for my own gratification. That's all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, the the other game that I that I pre-ordered was Doom, and then I got. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I just I got, recently played it. Twenty sixteen. Doom Eternal. Oh, Doom Eternal. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I um, yeah. I I didn't I didn't like try to play any of the other uh, DLCs like that came after. I just yeah. was like, I can't. I mean, like I. I I started really becoming educated on speedrunners like right after mm-hmm. that. And then when I was seeing what speedrunners were doing in the Doom Eternal game, it kind of like took it away from me because I was just like, man, I could do that, but no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nah, <laughs> man, play games at your own speed. Don't. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Watching the developers react to that was so funny because they're like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, speedrunners, why don't you just, uh, you know, not use these exploits in the game? It's just like, come on, right. man. It's like, because I'm, I'm competing. Uh, like, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a race. I'm a already played your game and i enjoyed it but now i'm breaking your game <laughs> yeah now you're gonna enjoy watching me do that. <laughs> right yeah. so yeah, that's 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 a uh, little that's a little history of like my video games i guess okay. and also i, I like uh, I'm, i mean i'm in pittsburgh too so there's arcades all over the place a new vr uh virtual reality center just opened up like not too far mm, from me too so i'm probably gonna yeah. check that out probably gonna we're, we're in actually we're in maryland oh okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're also east coast yeah and we actually there's a VR place that opened up uh, in DC for us too. Right. I, mm-hmm. uh, my wife had showed it to me and I was like, Oh, that's yeah. That's like vir- virtual reality yeah. is interesting because one, I think a lot of people automatically assume if you have a headset, you're in the metaverse. And what a lot yeah. of people don't, what a lot of people don't realize is that the, most accessible and advanced metaverse experience is what we're sitting in right now, Discord, right? So it's going to start in those small groups. It's going to be a group chat. It's like, hey, I don't have time to get on a call right now. Just just message me. Okay, now I have yeah. some time. Let's hop in a server. Okay, 
now I have a little bit more time. Like while we're in the server, you want to play some games, you want to watch a cool YouTube video. Like it, it, it slowly goes from there. It, during COVID, when I saw like Gymshark and Meta and yeah. going into these mm-hmm. virtual office settings with headsets, I'm like, okay, it's unrealistic and it's unsustainable. It's also one of the reasons we've yeah. seen, uh, unfortunately, what we've seen is a decrease in actual headset sales over the past couple of years by singular percentages but still the the culture is like well we're not really gonna the culture now is like okay well that's really cool i don't know if i want to invest in that plus the immersion unless you're playing you can play different games at scale for height and stuff like that so that's the immersion's there but you know, unless you have an omnidirectional treadmill like right in your house where you're able to run, walk, crouch, and those jump cost in. thousands. Exa- exactly. Yeah. So those things are available for private sale now. Like going in, there's a company, um, not to give a free press or anything, but Virtuix is, is one of the first <laughs> Virtuix is one of the first companies to create a omnidirectional treadmill for private sale. You know, I think it, I saw it, that. Yeah, yeah, they're also but one yeah, of the companies. You might have yeah. also seen them because they're one of the companies that allows people to try it out at these larger yeah. conventions and stuff like that. Um, it's the one viral video that it was a couple of friends and they're in VR and they're going against zombies. And he's like, He's, and he's running he just, away. He's yeah, away. yeah, that I saw was, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was like a Virtuix setup. So, um, oh, okay. with and you can't you can't sacrifice quality with those things, right? So the exactly, price has yeah, got to be sure. up there, right? So I think yeah. it's missing just this killer app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just haven't had that yet, really. Yeah, I mean, and, I think yeah. When when it comes to VR in particular, I think it's a promising technology, but in my mind, I feel like until you're able to get your feet involved, like with this Virtuix thing, like that's a good direction to go. Yeah. But like the motion sickness is always an issue for a lot of people. Oh my God. Like I don't, I don't yeah. really have that issue too much, but like there was one game that I was playing. It was like some kind of, it was for a PSVR. It was like mm-hmm. a, a star fighter game or whatever. And like, oh, that nice. was the only game where like I took the headset off and I was like, <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> like I should not have played that game. <laughs> a lot of people get a kick out of seeing people experience that or yeah, try to, it's it, they'll be uh, playing different gaming titles where you don't have to move in game. You can use the analog stick or it's like a point and mm-hmm. you move, but they yeah. still move in real time. So you're going to get yeah. these people who, you know, they're, they're not old, but they're like running headfirst into a wall or a TV. And you're like, are right, they okay? Yeah. Like <laughs> there's a disconnect in your brain. Exactly. Yes, yeah. so, exactly. So yeah. Over, yeah. At, uh, over at Pitt, we had a VR lab set up and I was pretty much locked into VR for, probably the a summer really uh because mm. i had i had started a my entrance into the tech space was at university of pittsburgh i was the campus intern for a company named cdwg and what they do is they do different technology solutions for schools companies if you need anything related to an office setting so standing desks okay. normal desks yeah. chairs desktop computers headsets everything and I would go around campus, make sure that everything was like running smoothly, build more relationships with head buyers at the university. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that the university was investing in was a studio where all students could go and experience up and coming advanced technologies, such as virtual reality and 3D printers, interestingly enough. And and also they they also had a t-shirt press there, which I thought was like kind of cool too. Cause cause at at that time, like I was attending like different concerts too. And I would just like find the artist's logo and like take a blank tank top and just put the logo on it just yeah. show up i was just like yeah you know, this, is, this is it um but right. i spent I, I spent pretty much a summer 
and most of the next school year in VR. And the motion sickness is something that I've dealt with since I was a kid, like anything from like long car mm. rides to like plane rides or, or being on a train or a bus, like sitting backwards right. just, you know, and that's something that I really had to fight. Like no matter the title really. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I would like get off, and I'm like, I'm sweating buckets. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna go back in. It's probably right. Why, it's probably one. Probably, give me a towel. Give me a towel. Yeah, I'm like, that's probably why I wouldn't survive in Tron because I'm just like everything's oh, just, like hurting. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know. Uh. All right. I think we've done a lot of talking about games. Let us bridge the gap, <laughs> Liam. How did you go from gaming fan as you are mm. to esports executive? So as I mentioned, I, I had a passion for gaming and also for bringing like larger tech solutions and relationship building while I was in university. And right around my senior year was when the company that I was working for, CDW, was debuting its Lenovo Legion line of gaming-related mm -hmm. products. So mm -hmm. anything from gaming laptops to headsets and stuff like that. And they wanted to make a big push into collegiate-level esports because, first off, Lenovo is usually a really good starter laptop for people because it's uh, at a lower price point and mm -hmm. a lot of people will just buy it and then they'll just modify it to fit their own specifications. Right. And right. that's where I found out how big, you know, I, I had to understand the market in order to build those relationships with people relevant to the conversation at the university. So that's what led me into the conversations between athletics or campus recreation. Who's handling esports at my university? And then I found out that one of our branch campuses had an esports team. So I was talking to them. I created uh, my university's gaming discord. I was linking together different gaming clubs. And this is when... I really found a passion for this and bringing people together despite any kind of pandemic or, or any kind of like physical in-person yeah. limitations, right? And I found out that this industry can bring people together more so than any other can because of how accessible it is, how it's so easy to view from a live stream or recorded content perspective. And then I found that my city had an esports organization located very close by. I was still a student, so I had free bus pass to go anywhere. And yeah. um, <laughs> so I was for about two weeks. What I did was I was compiling together a bunch of different materials. You know, I, I rewrote my resume and my cover letter, I think, 15 times. And I was looking at, okay, mailing address. I don't know if they have a mailing address. I found out where they were posted. So I, I went to the Steelers offices and I addressed all of my materials to the James O'Connor, who is the president and CEO of the organization. This guy, he, he, he was a character to me at that time because he was the first person to bring a, an American team to the world finals of a title called CSGO. And mm -hmm. he ran 30 competitive seasons. You know, he brought uh, Team Liquid to the world championships multiple times for the first time in the team's history and also this country's history, right? Yeah. He was, uh, he was, it's a veteran owned company. He was in the Marine Corps. And he was someone I took a lot of inspiration from when bridging the gap between the professional space. He went back to get his uh, MBA and also, um, going in and bringing esports and elevating it, right? So 
I found that the Knights were a company I really wanted to work for. I made a packet. I addressed it specifically to him. And I thought, well, as a company, they have to check their mail. And I was able to talk. <laughs> I was like, I had their, their offices weren't open in the building, but I talked to some people from the Steelers and they're like, yeah, I'll just put it in their mailbox. Totally. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have slipped it in there like Solid Snake, man. No, I, said, <laughs> I didn't have a box with me, so I couldn't like hide <laughs> from, right, from right. the cards. Yeah, but uh, so then I got an email back from them, and then I was able to, you know, go through the round of interviews and and come into the esports space uh, with relationship building experience and wanting to further bring more uh, interested endemic and non-endemic brands into the space and integrate into the gaming experience overall because that's something that I had responded to. You know, it, it right. starts the conversation for many gamers alike when you find out that this brand is not only sponsoring, but helping to staff and put on different tournaments and events in your space that you're interested in, right? And that's a passion that's been able to follow me up until this point. So yeah. the nights were very welcoming and I, I've learned a lot and I feel like I was also able to bring a lot to the team. So that was my entrance into kind of the professional esports space and also how I was able to really try to bridge the gap between the traditional education side because I had gone to school for business and bringing mm-hmm. that into uh, esports and gaming, which is notoriously uh, the biggest faces of this industry are going to be the content creators, the professional players, right? And you don't really see anybody, the people behind the scenes are making those decisions unless it's like a phase clan scenario where like, you know, ev- everybody's like vocal about everything constantly, you know? <laughs> When we, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, I will say, out of our group, Avery is probably the biggest. Uh, not probably, Avery is definitely the biggest esports fan. Yeah, I, I heard you talking about the VCTs, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I don't know if you know this. Small, small plug here, but the Knights were handling the entire North American Valorant Challengers League. Yeah, you guys are handling VCL for the North America Challengers League. Yeah, and it is. One of the things that gives me the most heart palpitations every week. Awesome. <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to hear that because it's so interesting to see how the not only the space has evolved, but also seeing it's just it's just team based, fast paced gameplay, and it's what I what I like to call it is it's like uh, it's like if a squad of Navy SEALs had superpowers. Is how I describe it to people. Mm, yeah. Right when when yeah. I'm when I'm describing esports and gaming and the top esport is is Valorant, right? Because what Riot did, they took all their data from League of Legends and building an esport around that, and then they just laterally moved over to the first person shooter uh, side. They stole they, CS:GO is what they did. Exactly. Exa- well, yeah, but, they, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's if their model. Oh, it works. Their model. I don't know if you guys look at esports uh, insider at all, but. But they they did an article recently about this, and they were talking about how they want all of the their esports philosophy is making stuff sustainable, right? So so mm. Valorant has been able to be a sustainable success for them for so long, right? Despite people saying it's it's growing too fast or, or it's not going to last or something. It's like only that. Gonna, it only grew because of the pandemic, and now we're this year. Yeah. I think we're is we, are we at year four of Valorant or year three? I think we're at year four. Yeah, I think yeah, we're definitely at year four. Man, like my my week is every week it's a Valorant update. So it's like I'm I'm in like a different like time 
span, yeah, yeah. like from it, most it, people. Yeah, it's year four, and it's only growing bigger. And despite certain people saying that franchising would kill the sport, it has, as far as I can tell, at least in North America, made it even more healthier and more easier to digest. Yeah, and mm. it's I think because because they did, I think they did their homework more so than. Uh, when it, when people look at franchising as a way to kill an esport or a gaming title in general, they usually look to Call of Duty and their lack of success in 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 that area, right? So with the, I mean, not to say that the Call of Duty League is not insanely massive, but I I, I hear more about Call of Duty Warzone streamers doing most of the marketing for them, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. doc, like Doctor yeah. Disrespect, like you gotta hand it to that guy. Um, <laughs> Most, I mean, here's the thing. Like a lot of some people's perception of different gaming streamers is going to be from. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch YouTube at all, but uh, Meat Canyon. He recently did a really funny like video mm-hmm. on. Uh, it's you. It's not family friendly. You don't want to like watch oh, yeah. people around you. <laughs> We're not a family friendly podcast. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to like. He just roasted all of the top like Call of Duty streamers. Just like whenever there's like oh, really? a new Warzone map, it's just like okay, cool. And then they're uploading the same content for like months on it. Yeah. And, right. And it's just like oh god, okay. And they're like, yeah, is it really that tough playing video games for a living? Oh, poor baby. It's like that's like that's the joke there. I was like, oh fuck. God. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um so the question I want to ask is how do you define esports? Mm-hmm. I, I asked this because as I said, Avery was the person to kind of bring esports to our podcast because mm-hmm. we all just play games. We didn't really follow like the league and stuff. And I think what I really like about esports is how it draws a lot of people together to watch a thing. And mm-hmm. In a weird way, I think like, oh, that's kind of like Evo, like, mm. you know, fighting games like Tekken and stuff like that's kind of like an eSport, no, too, right? Those are eSports. So those are just officially. Hey, he's asking me, dude. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's killing his thunder. We'll pretend Avery just didn't answer the, the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing. If I if if I define eSports because I get questions constantly right so mm-hmm. how i define it if if i'm talking to you at just anyone i just say it is when uh people play video games professionally and competitively against other people and it is the community based around that and that's and gotcha. and that it's that line and from there you're able to pivot off to a bunch of different discussions like well who watches this what kind of people watch it well first off everybody right because it is the most accessible form of entertainment possible right a majority of esports events are going to be live broadcasted now they're going to be either on youtube live or twitch uh or right. or what was that other one what's the, what's the new twitch alternative that some hey, aided ross hey, went uh, to kick is it that's it yeah, yeah. They, and, and yeah. so I, i'd like to see how that how that evolves too but um you know, it's the most successful form of entertainment. You're able to bring so many people together very easily via platforms such as Discord or mm-hmm. or Twitch and these other things. Discord, most likely because you're able to create a small private chat and server like with you and your friends and you're all able to interact live in the space. Or you're able to just plug an HDMI cable into your laptop and just put it on a big monitor, which I see a bunch of people do. And also it enables brands and 
different motivated companies to actively engage with the most profitable and loyal consumer base uh, in the form of the direct millennial, Gen Z, and Zoomer category who are on average in a higher income bracket, they can spot an ad campaign a mile away. So they want to be careful of where they're going to be diverting their money, right? And once you get enough brands that are motivated enough to be involved in the space, okay, the, the caveat is if you're going to be in the space, you have to build this space. And that's right. how it's going to grow more and more because if more brands want to get involved because they see the benefit and, and they see these big headlines of it, esports just grew to its first billion. Okay, its first billion and a half. Um, you know, New Zoo is, has been publishing a lot of different research papers as to gamer psychology and, and all these different things. You know, you're going to see the sport grow because of all the different brands that are a part of it. And then it goes from there into all the different people that are a part of it, right? So, um, to answer your question, esports is the professional level of gaming competition, and it is open to everybody. So right. I think that's what makes it uh, different than traditional sports because you get into traditional sports and you're going to be questioned on your team affiliation and your knowledge of the overall record of different players. And yeah. then people will. Uh, bring up historical events in the team's history or or this kinds of things and and not to say that takes away from the experience it just it it does create a bit of a learning curve when you want to get involved right it also creates a barrier too yeah and you want to you want to um not only that but like the the barrier to entry to esports and gaming overall is very low and that's what makes it so much fun because everybody can play like most right. of the top mm-hmm. esports in the world are freemium. You know, you can get it with your friends and you can play for free and you can take part in those microtransactions if you want to like progress further if you want. Right. So a lot is left up to the, a lot is left up to the individual decision maker. And, and that's what I love about this space. Awesome. Yeah. So before we get into the current state of esports, you all might think I'm going to jump into an ad. I'm actually going to jump into an ad for myself. I think the Knights group, I think you guys should look into Gundam Battle Operations too. Oh, okay. (laughs) I will make a note of that later. (laughs) And by later, I mean next week. No, just kidding. Right? (laughs) I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. That is Mike. That is Mike. He he has full control. So we can't. I'm trying to look this up right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a free-to-play Gundam game where it's just basically all of the like Universal Century Gundams is in this game, but it's like Mm. very much so a gotcha game. So every week they have a new mobile suit, and you have to spend coin that you get from playing the game. Uh, It's Mm. it's purely a joke, but you should also look it up because it's a great game. Um, So yeah, yeah. Let's. uh, (laughs) I should probably. You know what? I'm I'm gonna do this for Marcus. Marcus, you're gonna love this. Hey. Jump into an ad right quick. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressxnumber2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. Hey, 
And we are back. All right. Let us talk about the current state of esports. Mm. From your point of view, where do you see? I'm talking to Liam. Uh, Avery, you can because <laughs> you're a fan of this. <laughs> uh, from your point of view, where do you see the successes of the esports industry? And what do you identify as the weakness in the industry? Right. I think that as far as a weakness goes, I, I think that there's a lot to be said about the path to pro environment and the training that's involved and the habits that go into creating a professional player. There's not enough discussion around the better habits from an exercise, sleep, <laughs> health, discussion mm-hmm. surrounding esports athletes there's not enough discussion around that and i think that there is a weakness there and also with the path to pro environment i think where the space is going is going to be more athletes developing career lengthening habits such as optimizing their health making sure that like in negotiations they make sure that they're not left burnt out at the end of long matches scrimmages and things like that like um, that's a good point. We, I think that's where the space is going to be headed. And also more esports teams are going to be facilitating the communities around the different titles that they compete in so that they can have a better pick of talent. And also they're just able to better put more eyes on their their overall organization. Much like in traditional sports, you're going to see like the Steelers, for example, they host youth training camps and different summer camps and stuff like that. Now, now, obviously they're not going to be, okay, now this six-year-old right here, he's going to go on to become a pro, right? It's it's, it's nothing like that intense, but, but they're, they're, they're putting into the heads of all of these, the youth that are involved. It's like, this is a possibility for you. And and I think there's going to be more uh, esports organizations that are going to do that. I think a third and final place where we're going to see esports evolve is just the overall staff and talent that are going to be coming in involved in the space. What's the benefit of this industry since it is so young is that it can take on any kind of applicants or any kind of people with different skill sets. You know, we need people to build the stages. We need people to market the events. We need people to finance the operations. We we need people of every different major of mm-hmm. every different like colleges and universities and that sort of thing. Like, you know, every major has an application in esports. I mean, you know, with the exception of like philosophy, per- perhaps, but and, mm-hmm. and and like you know, it, like European history majors can go on to be into you know, like Rise, Son of Rome, maybe like if they want to develop like games along that nature. But right, or shotcasters. Yeah, exactly. But but this game, like, if they want to, if they want to be a caster in a tournament and only speak in Old English, like that'd be really cool. Right, exactly. You know, so, yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. But you know, they could land themselves as the next announcer in Street Fighter Six. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to imitate what I think that would sound like. But um, I, I think we're gonna see a lot more people who aren't just graphic designers and content creators yeah. and have a big social following coming into the space. So yeah. from facilitating young talent talent, dialing in the healthy habits of their current athletes, and also bringing in more uh, a diverse skill set of different applicants. I think that's where the the space is set. And it's very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So just to rewind a little bit back Mm -hmm. to the healthy habits thing, I was looking through your profile stuff Mm -hmm. and I saw on that you post on LinkedIn about the study that 
you know, athletes can what they can play five, they can practice five hours mm -hmm. and then one hour of, of working out is supposed yeah. to be like really so, beneficial for them. Yes. So, yeah. so that study uh, came from athletes in Germany who were found, not only did they feel that it helped with their overall performance in the game, their performance mm -hmm. in the game from a numbers and statistics perspective, uh, it's, you know, this is a very virtual and digital industry that their performance in game, as far as their aim performance in in different scrimmages and matches it also increased so when you are at the highest level of this on the professional side in esports you're gonna see teams investing in dietitians in mm -hmm. fitness coaches finding out which form of cardio whether it's like steady state or high intensity anaerobic or aerobic exercises what kinds of compound lifts are going to be best for this athlete involved uh, what's going to cause the most blood flow what's going to keep those brain receptors firing and that only seeks to not only enhance the level of competition but it also instills in those athletes several things the ability to extend their career right and then also in order to build healthy habits so that when they move out of the professional play side and they want to move laterally to uh the corporate side which we've seen or they want to move into team management or they they will be able to take the skill set that they've not only learned from being a competitive athlete but also building those healthy habits to take to any occupation right yeah so one thing that is surrounding the professional level of esports is how the health and wellness discussion optimizes overall esports and gaming performance however yeah. that discussion is not at the collegiate or at the a uh, grassroots level yet and yeah. that's something that needs to change because what we've already seen uh is is gamers and fitness enthusiasts like you know gym rats and gym bros they hang mm -hmm. out in the same circles they're playing the same games or watching the same animes together you know you, it's uh, baki and is a great example oh, for, yeah. oh, you know yeah. baki is a great <laughs> example because everybody wants yujiro hanma's back they all want to be yeah yeah they want to have they want to have like baki's forearms <laughs> and his overall mobility but i've never seen two different groups of people come together in so many different social circles, but there's no entities speaking to both of them and trying to bring them mm -hmm. together. Right. You, you know, I, I even saw like phase clan, they would post all the time, them working out together in their mansion in, in the phase clan house. Mm -hmm. and, and I would, I would see that content all the time because they would upload on Snapchat, right? They wouldn't actually yeah, yeah. upload it to larger uh, forms of content or or larger social media networks, and I only knew that because oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I only knew that because I'm just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then also, yeah. and also, some people found out on the broy frat bro side when they would watch different content creators like Full Send or Steve will do it. When those guys moved into the Phase Clan house and they found out that oh, they've got a gym in this place, like oh, that's kind of mm, cool. Yeah, I didn't you know, know. Then yeah, exactly right. No, <laughs> nobody knows uh, about how important this is. That is so funny that like yeah it's 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 almost like they're segmenting their audience with the activities that they're doing and it's mm -hmm. just like yeah no we, we work out we have to work out we're athletes so like yeah. that's the thing that we do but they well, don't share that with the broader public yeah i think that's gonna that's gonna open up the larger discussion for the optimization of 
the brain. And on, on the first sure. level, it's going to be like your nutrition, you are what you eat. And I can't stress that enough. And then proper sleep habits, what blue light defenses is the best for what stage of the day going mm-hmm. into the later hours of the day and you're approaching the, the the time where you're about to go to sleep, what blue light, anti-blue light strategies are the players using, right? But but then on the flip side, you know, with, with different chemical compounds and supplementation such as alpha-GPC or lion's mane mushroom or these other chemical components that are able to optimize overall cognitive function that you're seeing being utilized on the executive level, on the corporate side with, mm. with different lawyers and, and, and financiers and entrepreneurs trying to better hone in and coders when they're trying to hone in, when they're going on those long coding binges or they're going yeah. on those long stretches of investment and unique uh, creative out of scope project meetings, you know, when they're approaching those, they engage in these kinds of supplementation to optimize their brain so that they're at the peak level. Why don't we see that in esports and gaming when the brain is arguably one of the top pieces that you're utilizing in this? Exactly, that's true. Right? That's Do you feel like there'll be a line at some point? Like you, you, you speak of that, you know, optimizing brain activity. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there'll be a point where there's something considered like doping for esports? Yes. So I, I think there is, and there mm-hmm. already is, right? So first off, drug usage in and drug testing in professional gaming and esports they do do drug testing with different things but mm. but one of the reasons you don't hear about it is the simple reason that there's a lot of professional athletes in the space that engage in these different substances and mm. if there's enough you're not that have to get kicked out because they're violating this you're not you going to, no. you're not going to have a talent base right now the obvious one uh. of, like with the obvious uh, is utilizing Adderall right so mm-hmm. Adderall being Adderall <laughs> socially is so accepted on the based on the school level uh, yeah. on anybody and and a lot of people will actively seek to fake a prescription and utilize this study drugs right and i think that those kinds of different pharmaceutical interventions that require some kind of prescription they need to be dialed in because one it promotes first off i don't know if you guys have ever taken Adderall but it will prolong how long you are awake so you're already at risk mm-hmm. for not sleeping, right? right and then okay. also, it is a crutch. That is not your actual cognitive function. It is a crutch that once you stop taking it, you're you're going to experience brain fog, lack of sleep, all these other different side effects, right? So for the safety of the athletes, I think that certain things such as the intervention of, you know, watching how much these athletes are, are like what prescriptions, like Adderall is yeah. huge. But uh, so from the anti-doping discussion i think that's definitely something that needs to be discussed on a more serious level just purely for the health of the athletes so then what that'll do hopefully is that'll push them to other legal alternatives you know dialing in their overall health and then when they want some sort of supplemental intervention then they can look to as i mentioned alpha gpc uh lion's mane the you know different forms of caffeine green coffee versus you know just normal like these kinds of things right so um I, healthier. I, yeah exactly healthier and also promotes overall health and wellness and function as opposed to short-term gains right right interesting interesting yeah. okay well uh with all of that and your background in player recruitment and management what is the process to finding talent like you know you talk about having to watch for you know people using these kind of supplements and so on and so forth um 
And then on top of that, are there any efforts made on diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah. So on the diversity, equity, inclusion side, the Knights overall, uh, we have several different campaigns running in that space. So on the first side with the women in esports, it's obvious that when you bring in more talent into an industry, that industry is going to flourish. And there is not really a competitive state for women in the in the esports space simply because socially it's it's not as acceptable for girls to game with other girls and or game with other boys like when they're younger right they're going to be or even competitively for women exactly so so what you have is there's just like with the nfl there's nothing saying that women can't try out but there's no baseline competitive path to pro environment for them, right? So they're not going right, to be yeah. actively, they're not going to be going to these summer camps. They're not going to be playing in middle school, high school, college. Then they're ready to go to the professional leagues, right? So exactly. one of the things that we've done in alignment with one of our partners, uh, PNC Bank, is what we've done is we facilitated the conversation for women to get into this space from a competitive standpoint. We run women's only tournaments uh, in Rocket League and also in Valorant with our Sakura Cups uh, hosted on our Knights Arena, which is like right on Twitter. And in there, we're going to get amateur and professional teams coming in and wanting to earn their stripes and also gain the experience of winning a tournament for prizing. All of our tournaments that we host are for prizing. And they're able to actively engage in the professional space and further their competitive name in the overall social sphere. And then on the flip side, as far as esports and gaming goes from a corporate and, and staffing side, we have sponsored and created different internships and professional uh, tutoring in esports specifically targeted towards women. And then on another thing that we're doing uh, locally, I don't know if you guys have, have seen, but we've opened up different esports gyms in the city uh, in partnership with the mayor's office with the My Brother's Keeper campaign. I don't know if you guys know anything about that, but it, the My Brother's Keeper oh. campaign is an Obama era effort to basically get kids off the streets, right? What are they mm-hmm. doing? What are they doing when they have those two hours outside of school when they're just hanging around town, right? Just any youth are at risk when they are left alone for such a long period of time in Idle less hands. Sa- yeah, in in less than savory areas. They could be right? playing so Gundam. I don't. Like, I, they should they be. Do, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so 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 that caused us to partner up with the mayor's office, and we created different esports okay. gyms where any of these kids can go after school and just game, learn about esports and gaming, and we'll actively mm. host different professional uh, development stuff when we're there. We'll host tournaments for them. We've hosted all kinds of different Madden, uh, Brawlhalla. We hosted a Brawlhalla tournaments like regularly. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, so, oh, so we, um, we were there, and then also we actively engage with local charter schools and different schools in the area to teach them about how esports is a category that needs young talent. And just because you may not find success in different avenues of employment, you know, esports is constantly looking for new talent. And it's, you know, you guys game at home. A yep. lot of these kids game at home. Doesn't matter what background they come from. And okay, well, if you if you like to game and you like to game with your friends, you know, video editing from that standpoint or bringing people together and running events. Right. These are all different skill sets that they're already developing that we just Mm -hmm. they just need to be pointed in the right direction. And that's what we're doing from a diversity, equity, inclusion standpoint is that we're actively on the forefront of bringing new talent 
and and educating uh, younger people about this space so that they can be directed to this space. Um, you know, cool. there's, uh, I've like, there's, there's pictures on our Instagram of, of me when I'm like freeze frame and I'm like in the classroom or I'm teaching kids at like these different esports gyms. And I just look, I'm like this, I'm just like, it's just like, what am I doing? It, right. it just looks, it, I look comical, but all the kids are just like, hmm. Eating it up, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, I, as long as they enjoy it and they get something out of it, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if, if I had something like that growing up because like my my gaming career mm-hmm. was just you know go to school and come home and like i would just have a couple friends over and we just play tekken yeah we play tekken until but, uh one of my parents or one of uh, my friend's parents picked them up and, like yeah that was what we did like for pretty much five days out of the week yeah but but now like there's middle school and high school leagues like nasif or the national collegiate esports uh, association you know um the NCAA doesn't want anything to do with esports, right? So they handed it off to a different entity, which is good. Yeah. Um, and so now, from an esports and and gaming perspective, your students are able to actively engage in a varsity level sport, and they're able to learn everything you would normally learn from a sport in something else that they enjoy, right? right. So they're able to build the foundational values of of being a kid, and and now. First off, making friends, high-level communication, and then team management. And so then what they can do is they can take those skills and apply it everywhere else. But but that just shows how much that this space is changing and how much greater opportunities exist for people in this space from a younger age. And I'm, again, I'm just I'm happy to see that here, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, talking about change, let's talk about the future of esports. So with an increasing introverted audience, we're kind of gotten to this. Uh, how do you see esports and gaming evolving as a means of social interaction and entertainment? So what the benefit is about esports and, and just and gaming is that you're able to make friends in different circles virtually. And you're able to create these lifelong friendships that exist in a virtual setting, but they're still real because you're interacting with mm-hmm. these people on a day-to-day basis. A lot of people are going to be following their friends uh, and connecting with their friends on Discord or, or Instagram or Snapchat. And then what they're doing is they're building those close-knit friendships in a different setting, right? So this introverted audience are still engaging with other people. We just may not actively see it because they're, they're doing it on a different medium of communication, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. I yeah. think that with the advent of social media and constantly if you look at the subreddit for gaming or you look at steam and you refresh it like every week right there's new games and with new games flood new people to go in and bring other like oh okay i also like this gundam game or hey but i like this this other game more okay well then you and i can go to this other game test it out and we can make new friends on that platform right so sure, sure this is an introverted audience on when you look at it with a macro lens, but once you get into it, you can see that these people are engaging in the same friendship type behaviors that you would see on 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 the basketball court or on the field or in the classroom, right? So right. those yeah. spaces of like, oh, mom, five more minutes, you know, when we're all outside playing tag in the neighborhood, right? Those spaces have just evolved and and opened up, right? And gaming and Discord and social media, that's just another space where people can make friends. For sure, for sure, yeah. And then another thing too, like 
with the whole idea of, you know, this audience mainly being introverted, mm-hmm. I look at my experience and I, 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 I think about it because it's just like, you know, I, I do have introverted tendencies, but right. growing up, it was more so like, like my family, they're big into football. Like I never mm-hmm. really got into football. Like now I can watch it and enjoy it. But like growing up was like, no, I'd rather play games. I'd rather play games. Yep. So I would always just be in my room playing games while they're out in the living room. Yeah all mm-hmm. talking about their, their 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 football teams and stuff. So it was more so like I just couldn't connect with them because they liked the thing that I didn't like and they didn't really understand the thing that I liked. Yeah. So I think with the onset of, of Discord and, you know, having these communities come together online, that allows a lot of people, a lot of kids to just really talk and chat and just have that communication that they, you know, not getting because they just don't want to do the things that their parents are doing or like their yeah. siblings are doing. You know, if you if anybody ever has something to say about like gamers overall being very introverted, I would encourage them to go attend a Comic Con. It's you know, oh. depending mm-hmm. on the level, it's twenty bucks to get in, and you just you go and you see these people who maybe they do sit in the back of the classroom, but here when they're in a different setting, they are talkative, they're actively engaging with other people, they're they're communicating their interest at a higher level of vocabulary because they are so yeah. interested in it. Go to an esports convention. We were just recently at over at DreamHack and Too Easy, mm-hmm. who's our Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter player, you know, when I'm over, we'll take him on. Yeah, well, <laughs> 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 when, like when, when I met him, like on the surface, like he could have been perceived as an introverted person, but he's he's getting pictures with fans. He's talking mm-hmm. with other high level content creators about what strategies work for them. You know, you go to the RLCS and uh, over in Texas, like last year, we were there and you saw people of all different ages coming together in a space you saw you know younger kids as young as like 13 or 14 and then you see older individuals who are just like man this game is awesome uh i can play and watch it with my kids and you know just because they may appear as introverted in in traditional spaces you you bring them to their home stadium and you wind them up and just let them go in the light of the room right exactly exactly. yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right so to wrap this up what mark do you personally want to leave on the esports industry i want to act as the connector between anybody who wants to be a part of developing this fledgling industry and i want to be able to pinpoint exactly what their goals are and be able to showcase to them hey this is how it's going to work and you're going to help these many people along the way Let's get started. So I want to be the person who brought in different brands in this space, integrated them into every level of the gaming experience, and was able to benefit not only them, but also the fans during that campaign. And I think that, and then on the flip side, I'd also love to start different conversations to help everybody at, in this space, building healthy habits, taking care of themselves on the professional side and as well as on the grassroots side. And and I'd love to change the conversation so that more gamers at home want to achieve the same status in-game as in their lives, right? You're constantly mm. being hit with dopamine when you're playing video games. You're, you're getting different notifications in-game as to a new high score you just set or you just defeated X amount of enemies, right? And I would love to see that same level 
of perseverance in life. And I want people to take the lessons they learn from gaming and apply them to their life, right? You you grinded for how long to get those different achievements and achieve 100% in Assassin's yeah. Creed? I would like to see you achieve that same level of success and bring that success to people you care about as well, right? So you beat you beat Millennia and Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> get your homework done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I really, I really do appreciate that. I think that's that's something that you know, as gamers, you do kind of silo. You know, I'm I'm going to persevere through this. Like I'm going to beat this game, even though it's hard, even though I'm playing yeah. it on hard. But then when you enter your real life, you're like, I don't really want to go work yeah. out because I, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. you're you're constantly being a part of the stereotypical story of a hero uh, in mm-hmm. most of the games that you actively play or or the media that you consume, like in anime or like that kind of thing. And you're con- we're constantly being told the values of hard work friendship right you know i mean in naruto he uses what the fans call talk no jutsu and he's just like this, <laughs> this is the like don't you want to be my friend don't you want to be my friend and then you look at you look at one piece and it's just like yeah i just kicked your ass and now you're on my side forever you're right. right so 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 take those principles and apply them in your life and and go out and you know achieve those things that you want to achieve because they're you know there there aren't really any limits if you want to just pick the argument like oh okay well that happens in fiction it's just like okay well and then i guess it will just stay in fiction like why wouldn't you try you know yeah so, right yeah um, so so I, i'd love to bring that mentality into to many people in, in this space awesome all right well is there anything that we didn't discuss that you would like to shine light on you know i, I i'd love to see more people if if they're interested in esports you know, I'd love to see them perhaps check out the Challenger series, right? It's it's the most readily accessible esport and gaming event going on right now. And if you want to learn anything about it, just just check it out for a little bit. You know, what and is the Challenger series? The challenge. Okay, so Avery, do you want to take this one, or you want me to take this one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so oh wow, Avery was waiting. He was waiting. Okay, so when uh, Valorant franchised. It split the the entire North American scene into Tier 1 and Tier 2. Tier 1 is now playing in the VCT main series, which is a weekly league that is going to end in international tournaments. But to make a vital Tier 2, they created the Ascension system, where a team that wasn't accepted into the sort of franchise system could play in a prolonged tournament series to get a spot in Tier 1. So Challengers is essentially... For lack of a better term, all the teams who were left behind, mm-hmm. the players who didn't get their shot, this is their opportunity. It's a uh, 12-team league that is in their, currently they're in their second split right now, preparing for the big Ascension tournament. I want to say it's towards the end of the year. I can't remember what time that tournament is. Uh, I know Knights is running it, and it's pretty much the best teams who couldn't, who didn't make the Riot cut because like the difference between tier one and tier two is nothing. It's literally what team got what organizations were financially more attractive to Riot Games to get a slot. So it's, mm. these games are just for the most part as competitive as what you're seeing in tier one. It's just mm. they didn't get their shot. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and on the tier two 
level. One thing that's funny is that you've seen different influencers pick up Valorant teams to participate. So you've got Disguised Toast, XQC, you know, different Twitch streamers and content creators developing entire teams to take a stab at esports, right? In, instead of just professional mm. organizations as a whole. So um, yeah, Avery couldn't have said it better myself. Valorant is a very good way for people to just, you know, start viewing. And then also, if you're currently playing a game, if you're whether it's single player or multiplayer, if it's on the single player side, chances are there's some kind of speed running competition for you to check out and, and you know to check out and see. And then if it's on a multiplayer level, chances are there's some kind of esports around it. And I think that the only other thing that I would say is that get involved in the space at any level that you can. Right? If you want to host a gaming night with your friends and you want to put a little bit of money into it. You know, you could make a, pri- a small prize pool of like a gift card at the end or something like that. If you <laughs> want to get l- leveled on the community side, Eventbrite's a really good resource and you could look for cheap venues to host stuff at. And I see a lot of people utilizing grassroots level marketing at very, very low budget on the Eventbrite and the Google Ads and Analytics side, as well as on the so- doing a social media and email push and getting a bunch of community level events organized just with them and their friends. But then you've got a bunch of other people uh, and also utilizing Reddit, the different Reddit for their geography, right? So mm-hmm. I would say get involved in the space and get involved in gaming overall. Whether or not you think you have the skills involved, just get started. And and it's your passion, so take that passion to other people. You, you know, if I just liked slice of life anime, I'm still gonna go out and find other people that like slice of life anime. I don't, right? Um, except for Mash, <laughs> except for Mashal, which is kind of slice of life if you kind of think about it, because it's like a parody of Harry Potter and One Punch Man, basically. But um, mm. but yeah, no. If, if anybody's looking for anime recommendations, Mashal of Dump, like barbells and magic or something like that is what it's called it is an insanely awesome anime that, I'm, that really? I'm tired. it's on like the fifth episode and i need to watch oh, it, 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 it yeah it, it got uploaded last night so i'm on i'm up to episode four but um it, it's it to give you a synopsis it, it it in a world of magic one kid was born without magic so he just trained like one punch man like saitama to oh. achieve a level where he could perceive magic to other people so like he was he was on a quidditch okay it's it's again it's a parody of harry <laughs> potter so they don't have quidditch they have duello it's the same thing they have one ring that you have to score into instead of one they don't have a snitch mm. but the robes are the same and hogwarts and the, the magic school design is you gotta same. put that in the chat so we can look at that yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah hang on i think i i think i've seen like an ad for this and yeah. I was like, oh, that that definitely feels like a like a One Piece meets like My Hero kind of thing. Yeah, one thing that's, that's not One Piece, in- not One Piece, uh, One Punch Man. Jeez. Yeah, one. Um, what I like about um, Magic and Muscles. That's it. Magical Magic and Muscles. Mm, one thing okay. that's that's interesting about the overall marketing strategy as it has evolved for different brands is, is that you, you know we saw um, we saw different singers pay meme pages to use their songs in memes in viral memes mm-hmm. now what we're seeing is different anime studios are utilizing these anime fan edit and fan uh, accounts to push their their anime right and then Mashal's no different what they did was they were just like you know check this out lol it's a parody of of one punch man and this right but but it, it got people thinking it got me thinking i'm just like oh that's that's interesting Right? Yeah. And I hate to say it, but it fucking works. <laughs> right. <it>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <it> works <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, man, that's marketing. <laughs> it doesn't work until it works. Exactly, exactly. So, All right. So, yeah, um, I was able to give anime recommendations and, and see where I, I envision the space for everybody. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, this was a great conversation. Like, I, I feel... As a person who has learned all of his esports stuff from Avery and and him watching Valor and stuff, I feel like I've learned even more. So this this has been great. Like Avery, it's just silently angry yeah. over there. Just like <laughs> Look, it, it's one of those things where I like I recognize that when I get in my esports Duffy, yeah. I'm like I'm speaking to a brick wall. I'm like, oh, I, no. I, like, oh, I'm no. like hey, a brick wall with ears. I hear it. Okay. I can't <laughs> respond, but I hear <laughs> he's like, oh, so man, like, that's crazy. Um, right now, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, what was I doing wrong? <laughs> well, you didn't, you didn't have the jersey. I have the jersey to prove that. That's like, fair. I'm, I'm in that's the- fair. There you go. See, yeah. I mean, that might change everything. You never yeah. know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. Um, well, that, that's it. Uh, this has been another episode of Price Hikes to Start Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this special episode as much as we enjoyed having it. Don't forget, you could... Actually, you know what? I, I almost forgot. Liam, how can people reach you? So I would go towards any of the Knight socials. We have the Knight's domain name on pretty much all of our social media accounts. So it's just K-N-I-G-H-T-S uh, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm in a couple of their videos too. So if you, um, mm-hmm. if you go on the Instagram, you know, I... I, I I do help us make content every now and then. We're going to um, jump up like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, but I would definitely encourage you to go check on the night socials and uh, check out the challenges league. If you're interested in just checking out a, a cool esport or just, you're looking for something to watch. Right. Um, that's, that's what I recommend. Awesome. So uh, once this gets up, I'll, I'll have all that stuff linked in the description of the video. Nice. So. Nice. All right. Uh, what I was saying was don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app because every little bit helps. Um, you know, I said at the end of this episode, I'll say it again. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. We greatly appreciate all of that. Um, that's it. That's it. This was a good cast. This was a good episode. Awesome information. Um, I think a lot of people who didn't know about esports or just knew it vaguely from what Avery talks about in, in the normal cast. I think everyone can learn a lot from this. So thank you again. Less, you. less molding than what I normally talk about. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's through the molding where we really get the information. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Take care.